episode 25 when i commenced this uh, conversation 60 days seemed like a tall target of course there were challenges recording editing and posting one podcast each day takes a lot of focus it has to be one of the main preoccupations of the day because these conversations uh, no matter how random they may seem they follow a design they follow a thought pattern there's always a, a next there is always a deeper understanding that follows a deeper experience that follows but at um, episode 25 it seems to me that 60 won't be enough <laughs> <laughs> Of course I have the freedom to extend it beyond 60 there is no such compulsion that uh, I have to limit it to 60 but I will try and uh, take this conversation to some place of uh, conclusion so that these 60 days can become a complete package or a course or a journey in itself now through these conversations if you think i am making all this sound too simple too easy well that is not my intention i am not saying these practices are easy but they are simple enough for anyone to get started there shouldn't be stringent pre qualifications for somebody to embark upon this practice there need to be ways in which anyone and everyone can start their journey how far they go how much they accomplish is another matter and honestly beyond a point yoga is a do it yourself practice nobody can lead you all the way to the end goal or yoga itself that is a personal journey that is a journey of each individual so when the journey is do it yourself well the last lap of the journey is a diy <laughs> then it should be made clear right in the beginning isn't it and there are eight ways in which you can reach it not all eight may be possible for everyone the whole practice of tantra and yoga was a rebellion against vedic orthodox practitioners and their diktats and <laughs> and then for a long period of time there were debates discussions which led to a lot of yogic literature and their compilation samhita so different experimenters would get together have a debate or a discussion and come uh, try and arrive at a common experience which was then shared with students disciples to help them support them in their practice and then somewhere down the line this rebellious experimentativeness became one more doctrine strict regime as orthodox as the authority they rebelled against in the first place in one of the workshops i had conducted many years ago it wasn't a workshop on yoga it, yoga was uh, one of the main conversations but one participant 
who was attending uh, yoga classes regularly in their uh, town asked what is the benefit of tratak now for people who may not know tratak is a meditative exercise taught in hatha yoga and it is also considered by many as one of the shatkarmas one of the cleansing process that you perform every day it cleanses your mind it allows you to focus it's a good good practice to describe it simply you gaze without blinking at any chosen object a flame of a candle or an object at a decent distance you gaze at it without blinking till your eyes water and then you close your eyes for a bit rest relax your eyes and then you do tratak again there are benefits there are huge benefits to this exercise it does clear your mind it clears up all the cobwebs all unnecessary brain activities will cease so i was asked this question what are the use what are the benefits since i didn't want to go into a longish lengthy explanation of it i said well it uh, it gives you access to a thoughtless mind so this student was visibly flustered he says thoughtless mind why do you want to be free of thoughts i looked at him intently and i recognized i realized what he meant by that because in our society there are many people who actually believe that it is their thinking that is keeping them alive it is their thinking and uh, strategizing and uh, conniving and uh, preempting that is saving them from a lot of trouble i will not say it is not true at all if you are involved in social politics then obviously <laughs> you will have to do a lot of thinking and then lot of that thinking will um, help you to preempt actions by your opposition and then you will take um, preventive or evasive action you will do all that so to this person thoughtlessness was like life threatening and it is so for many people so dhyana is for the courageous yoga is for the courageous it is a practice for the brave now having said that i cannot judge you as to how much courage you have how brave you are it is for you to judge so meditation not guided meditation but meditation since it is a solitary affair you require a certain level of courage a certain amount of bravery will be necessary but through that courageous act you will be free from a lot of unnecessary irrational fears as well fearlessness is for the brave it is always the courageous that overcome the frailty of a fearful life in this journey of the well-being satsang it is time for us to move on to some deeper understanding reflection contemplation on the stuff that we have already learnt and see how it applies in our individual lives you see any information that doesn't apply to you or you haven't seen how it applies to your life will remain uh, 
just superficial knowledge the moment you have seen how it applies to you and your life it begins to become knowledge and when you have seen the depths of knowledge as to how it applies to virtually everything in your life everything in your universe it starts to become wisdom wisdom is something you can live out of not something to apply on the surface but something to drown yourself and live out of i also have the urge at this point to remind you of certain learnings i have already passed on to you in this conversation i would like to reiterate them reinforce them because i found them or chanced upon them after a lot of struggle and in-depth research and because of which i know how foundational these are the first one is when you are walking standing your dhyana follows your feet so place your focus on your heels hands by your side or however you want to place them but the focal point is the heel of your feet second head placed firmly on top of your shoulders not a cervical lock all the time but um, you will actually get used to that cervical lock and you will find that your head is now beautifully placed in a gentle but firm posture so that's the second placement of the tongue in the soft palate of your mouth these are very foundational very fundamental for those who are able to fold their legs and sit in any of the asanas consider yourself blessed that you are able to do so in spite of so many years of sitting on a chair those who are unable to do so don't lose heart it doesn't take too much time if i could reach this place wherever i am <laughs> from where i was believe me everything is possible we will reach it gradually don't worry keeping both your nostrils as clean as possible you don't have to go crazy about keeping them clean with the chemical substances no need for any of that just nadi shodhan you can learn it online or maybe we will do one pranayam session sometime in these 60 days so nadi shodhan should help clearing both the nostrils without much violence another foundational now it doesn't both nostrils don't work all the time okay at least one should be working without any obstacle whatsoever that's the idea here and practice zazen twice a day or more if you are practicing the lying down zazen shavasan zazen <laughs> i know it shouldn't even be called zazen technically but if you are practicing the shavasana the way i explained in the previous episode do it uh, enough number of times every time you want to rest do it that time if you are unwell take more number of breaks it's worth it look ailment is actually an indication from the body 
to quit your nonsense and focus on health so don't lie down and uh, look at your smartphone not worth it you are feeding more toxins to your brain it is going to affect your body anyways because the body and the mind are part of the same system manomaya kosha will affect your annamaya kosha there is no question about it so the first step to yoga is conscious living living consciously in this body living consciously with this body filling this body with consciousness is a very very essential part of yoga Uh, through shatkarma and yogasana that is what people have been trying to achieve there are gentler ways of getting started and that is what i am trying to describe in these conversations next step you have now learned zazen or you are now doing shavasana one of the cleansing processes that most of us do anyway is bathing whether you take a shower bath or some other way you can actually practice being with your body while you are bathing it's the most perfect time for it nobody is watching you you are you have absolute privacy make bathing your meditation it is possible and it is very rewarding because the beauty about bathing is it cleanses your aura for people who believe in that it also does another thing it activates all your muscles you can't bathe and not feel active particularly if you are not using uh, very warm water and another magic happens most of the times after you have taken a bath check your nostrils most likely both nostrils are working you are breathing through both the nostrils wow so is it a good idea to take bath before i do zazen if you can why not if you were uh, practicing yoga the way it is in the ved you would be doing that there is nothing you do in ved without a snan so have the snan you will find that your nostrils are actually cleared up <laughs> yeah i mean bathing is a very relieving releasing bodily act it cleanses not just your skin that is where we are focusing the 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 flow of water on your body takes away a lot more it it causes almost every muscle of your body to get started and uh, active so make bathing your meditation it is very rewarding i promise another activity that you do quite a number of times every day is eat <laughs> or drink something so when you are eating or drinking please sit down to do so whether it is water or tea coffee or buttermilk or juice even beer <laughs> sit down take a sip keep it in your mouth experience the whole process of this fluid going down your throat follow it as much as possible but follow it down go in with every sip of the drink you go within with every sip of the drink you having likewise food 
Once the food is in your mouth, close your eyes and chew it. Relish the food you're eating. Make eating a yogic experience. It will free you from emotional eating. It will free you from guilt of eating. Yes, it will. It will free you from the tendency to chew less and gulp down. And it will become a yogic experience. It will become an experience of oneness with yourself. Try it. You love it. So the idea is to look for opportunities in everyday life to have a deeper connection with that activity and hence a deeper connection with existence. Whether you are uh, combing your hair, slow down, feel it fully and perform that act. You are brushing your teeth, slow down, feel it fully while you are doing that act. Whatever it is you do, imagine that you have walked into a premium spa or a resort or a restaurant where you have so many people serving you like the king or the queen being fed and uh, pampered. Life's worth living like that. So start looking for opportunities to pamper yourself. Pampering does not mean eating chocolates. And yet you can eat a chocolate or two. No harm. Pampering means looking for opportunities to do that. Pampering act to yourself. (laughs) Doesn't sound like austerity, does it? (laughs) There is no need to be strict and stringent. You can do all of that and achieve more lovingly as well. In the next episode, we shall look into one of the five koshas and see how it affects how we can absorb this information, this knowledge of the kosha into our lives. Try and make it into a wisdom that we could live out of.